the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. NMLS Consumer Access. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Billy, my Savior is near. And for my relief, will surely appear. But prayer let me wrestle. He will perform with Christ in the vessels, a smile at the storm, the dark be my way, since he is my guide, tis mine to obey and his to provide, the cisterns be broken. Surely prevail His love in time past Forbids me to think Believe me at last In trouble to sink to that cup No heart can conceive But he drank right up That sinners might live 
gone. Be gone, unbelief. This song was sent to me by a dear brother, a dear brother in Christ. His name is Aaron. His wife was just diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. It's her second round. She beat the first one. But this one is desperate. I wonder, would you just join me for a moment as we pray for Aaron and his wife and ask Jesus to deal with this cancer? He is a precious brother in Jesus, a long-term listener to this broadcast. Please, let's pray for Aaron. Lift up your hand, lift up your heart, and let's pray. O Lord Jesus, I lift Aaron and his precious wife before your throne today, and I say with them, Begone unbelief. I ask Jesus for the fullness of your Spirit to move, both to give them courage and confidence and trust in you, and I ask that you would deal with this cancer in this precious wife. I ask Jesus, according to your will, full healing and restoration, that they together could serve you. Lord, I bless them today in the name of Jesus with radiant health, with healing, according to your word. So, Lord, I lift my hand up in blessing and supplication, asking Jesus that you would come and meet them today. I pray this, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen. I want to talk with you about this whole issue of walking in Jesus Christ. I'm very troubled by it. What troubles me is recognizing that for many years I walked with the glasses of our culture upon my face. I was uncomfortable. I knew something was wrong in what people were telling me about the gospel, but I didn't have the understanding to be able to break through that barrier and into the fullness of Jesus. Please, today I just want to talk about fullness in Jesus. I want to talk about unbelief being utterly cast out of our hearts. What we have been taught largely, what I was taught largely, kept me in iron chains. I want you to be free in Jesus. I want you to voluntarily, voluntarily, volitionally choose Jesus Christ today. And I'm going to say things to you today that will be totally out of the context of your cultural understanding of the teaching many of you receive Sunday by Sunday or the things you have thought that caused you to be cynical and hard against Jesus. I want to say some things to you today that I believe will set you 
your heart free. Now, let's begin in the book of Colossians. In Colossians, the first chapter, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father, the one having qualified us for the share of the allotment of the holy ones in the light. In other words, you have to be qualified to enter into the light. So today we have to ask the question, how are we qualified to enter the light? And have you been qualified yet to enter into the light? Now, I need to be very clear with you. Simply calling yourself a Christian and saying that you accept Jesus does not qualify you to enter into the light. Most who say they receive Jesus have not been qualified to enter the light. They still walk in darkness. As for many years I did with the glasses of our cultural understandings. What I've learned is to read the scriptures for what they actually say and not what I'm told they should say. I don't want you to read the scriptures and interpret them in the way you've been educated about Jesus. I want you to read the scriptures for what they actually say. Now, this is not easy because we automatically apply to the words and to the verses of Scripture the meaning we instantly apply to them like a bad habit. My habits make my life easier because I don't have to think about it. I just move forward and do the things I'm supposed to do by rote. But when we do that with Scripture we miss the essential meaning of the scripture if the habit we have formed is a habit formed out of the culture and out of darkness and not out of Jesus. So please, hear for the first time. Hear with a fresh ear what I'm going to read to you. Don't assume that you have been qualified for most of you have not yet been qualified to enter into that light. You may call yourself a Christian. Let me just walk with you in this, and please be patient with me as I attempt to unfold this in the literal language of the Scriptures. Verse 13, this is Colossians 1.13, who delivered us from the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In other words, there must be a deliverance, a deliverance from the authority of darkness and translated, literally, The meaning here is far more than moving from one place to another. It is not the person that used to be that is transformed, but the transformed are translated. In other words, it's not the sinner 
who is translated. It is a transformed person who is translated into the kingdom of the holy ones. These are transformed persons translated into the kingdom of God, changed, transformed, because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, verse 17. So only a holy person can be transferred into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus. Verse 14, in whom we have the redemption by means of the blood. In other words, we're not transferred and we're not transformed by our hard work, but rather by our voluntary decision to allow that transformation and that transfer to take place. Now let me go to another passage of Scripture that will say this more clearly than this, than Colossians says. And it's also the Apostle Paul in Romans 6. The Apostle Paul in Romans 6. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we not hereafter serve sin. For the ones having died, have having been freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Now, let's move further. Verse 12. Therefore the sin must not reign in your mortal body to obey it in the lust of it. You must not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to the sin, but once and for all yield yourselves to God as living out from among spiritually dead men and yield your members as instruments of righteousness for God. For sin will not rule over you, because you are not under law but under grace. If you are still a captive to an addiction, to a sin, if you are still captive to anger and bitterness and judgment, gossip, all the sins that we'll speak about in just a moment that are listed, if you are still a captive to these things, you can say, I'm a follower of Jesus. But in reality, you have not been qualified to enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Therefore, you may say you are a Christian, but you are not qualified to enter the kingdom of light. And so you remain in the kingdom of darkness, but you are fooled because you believe you are saved, but you've never been converted. I meet people like this all the time. I meet people who are filled with all of the lust of the flesh, with the love of darkness, 
They love their professional sports. They love their television shows. They love all the things of the world. But they are very, very spiritual people. A spiritual person is not necessarily qualified to enter into the kingdom of light. The only thing that will qualify you to enter the kingdom of light is to be converted. Oh, what does converted mean? It means to be changed. It means to be transformed into a new man, a new woman. Now, why I'm pressing this so is that I see, can I be just straight up and real? I see the church in America filled with precious men and women who believe they're on their way to heaven but have never been qualified to enter into the kingdom of light. I meet pastors like this. I meet elders and deacons and vestry members like this. If I were to say to them, how many people have you won to Jesus this year? They would look at me with a blank stare. What do you mean? I haven't won anyone to Jesus. And some would say, that's not my job, that's the preacher's job. Well, that's a very clear sign that you have not yet been qualified to enter into that divine light. Now, you may be in process but conversion means you've been transformed into a new person, and it's instantaneous. It's not something that takes a lot of time. Now, I want to show you very clearly, we don't grow into the kingdom of light. We are transferred into the kingdom of light. That's like getting on the telephone and you call a company, And you believe that if you stay on the line long enough, you will grow into the phone line you want to talk to. No, you have to be transferred to that line. You'll never grow into that phone line. You have to be transferred by an operator or by a computer. You have to be transferred. Well, Likewise, you have to be transferred into the kingdom of light. And you have to be qualified to be transferred and the qualification for being transferred is that you must be converted but if there's no conviction of sin in your heart I mean one precious person and I use the the word precious not lightly I mean this today we are of immense value to God who with tears said I've gone back to my sin. This person understood they have to be transferred back into the kingdom of God. They left the kingdom of God. They went back to the old ways and the old sins and the and the lust of the flesh. Now they know they're walking in the kingdom of darkness. They are qualified for the kingdom of darkness by their sin. Our sin qualifies us to remain in the kingdom of darkness. If we're going to be transferred into the kingdom of light, 
that darkness must be put away. We must be transformed and transferred. And that's not a long process. Very shortly after this person made that statement, they were transferred to the kingdom of light and there was glory on their face. But once for all, yield yourselves to God as living out from among spiritually dead men and yield your members as instruments of righteousness for God. If you are still not living out from among the dead men, if you still want the dead men's food, if you still feast on wickedness, if you still feast on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you are not utterly sold out to Jesus Christ, you have not been converted. You are still living in that darkness. Now, what causes me such heartburn about this is that there are precious men and women that I love with all my heart who, if you press them hard, would say, yes, I am saved, I am on my way to heaven, but they still live spiritually as dead men, yielding their members as instruments to darkness and not yielding them for instruments of righteousness for God. Now, only you can tell me what is your spiritual condition today? Have you been qualified? Have you been converted? Have you been brought into the kingdom of light? And are you living like a person who has been transferred to the kingdom of light? Paul in Romans 6 is saying that this is a voluntary process. You voluntarily give yourself to God and you voluntarily live out from among dead men and the values of a dead man. See, theological knowledge is not the issue here. But if you believe that you can walk as a child of darkness, as a son of darkness, and still be qualified for the light and for Jesus Christ. Well, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of grace from God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the wages you will earn, even though you call yourself a Christian, if you're still walking in sin you will get the wages of sin. And the wages of sin will not be negated or put aside by the blood of Jesus if you have not allowed yourself to be transformed and transferred into the kingdom of light. If you have not voluntarily given yourself to righteousness, you will not be made righteous by the blood of Jesus. It is by faith. It is a free gift, but it requires 
a voluntary action on your part to allow yourself to be crucified with Christ, to deny all of the lust of the flesh and turn to Jesus. So we come back to Colossians, verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father, the one having qualified us for the share of the allotment of the holy ones in the light. You see, the allotment of salvation is only for the holy ones who are in the kingdom of light. So you are disqualified, even though you call yourself a Christian, if you continue to walk in the works of darkness, you must be converted. You must be converted. You must be born from above. You must be made into a new person, a new creature. Jesus told Nicodemus, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. You must be born from above, Nicodemus. Well, how's that possible? Blah, 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 blah. He was full of argument and fight. and f- But you know what? When he watched Jesus die on that cross, it broke his heart. And he brought all of his fortune and helped finance the New Testament church. He came out publicly for Jesus. I want you to come out publicly for Jesus. I want you to bring your fortune, whatever you have, and I want you to lay it at the foot of the cross. I want you to lay your life at the foot of the cross. I want you to be qualified as a holy one who lives in the light, who is delivered from the authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption by the means of His blood, the forgiveness of sins. This is Colossians 1, verse 14. And that word, again, aphemy, in the Greek for forgiveness, literally means removal. Removing your sins. Have your sins been removed from you? Or are you still walking in the lust of those sins? And please, don't play any games with me. The Holy Spirit has shown you exactly what your sins are. And there is no doubt you have said, Oh, the blood of Jesus will cover my sins. No, it won't. The blood of Jesus does not cover your sin. It removes your sin. Oh, you can say, oh, I'm still struggling with that, Pastor. I've just, I've, I've tried as hard as I can, but I just, I'm asking Jesus to please help me. What? So if you're still walking in your sin, it's God's fault? He hasn't helped you enough? What do you think he did at the cross? You think he didn't do enough by dying on Calvary's tree? You think there is a lack of God's power? Come on. 
It's not a lack of God's power. It's a decision on your part to voluntarily give up this wickedness. And if you're unwilling to give up this wickedness, there's no hope for you. You cannot be qualified for the realm of the kingdom of heaven. And you're going to be cast into outer darkness. Now, this... This is spoken of further in verse 21. You've been formally alienated and enemies in attitude by the evil works, but now he completely reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and without reproach before him. Please may I ask you today, what is your attitude? My dad, I would get so upset with him as a child. He would say to me, Raymond, you have a bad attitude. And if I scowled, he'd say, see, it's all over your face. Now go to your room and stay there until you change your attitude and if you need help in changing your attitude i have a strap that will help you change it do i need to use that strap to change your attitude no daddy i'll go to my room the last thing i wanted was a whipping my dad wanted me to voluntarily change my attitude And he had the means by which he could increase the difficulty of my life, if necessary, that I would change my attitude. Paul is saying, you have been formally alienated and enemies in attitude by evil works. So it's not just an inner attitude. It is an attitude that is manifest in rebellion against Jesus. So when a man says to me, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what my sins are. Come on, give me a break. You are doing what is called, in the old language, caterwauling. Do you know what caterwauling means? <laughs> it means you're jiving. It means you're ducking and dodging. Right now, you know whether you're still walking in the evil works of flesh. Now, I just recently heard about a man who who has a bitter, angry heart and filled with accusations and blame and feels like he's a victim. He is caterwauling. He is not facing reality regarding his actions. And we can deceive ourselves, and we can call ourselves victims, and we can duck and dodge. But the question is, what's your attitude? It's flowing out of evil works. Are you willing to be totally reconciled by the shed blood of Jesus? 
Are you willing to allow God to present you holy, blameless, and without reproach before the Father? Now, Paul in Colossians continues. He says in verse 27, To whom God willed to make known what the riches of his glory, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, there is no hope of glory for you if you're continuing to walk in your sin because you can't be qualified to be a part of the kingdom of light. If you're dark, if you're wicked, you cannot enter the kingdom of light. Now, if you and I were sitting at lunch together and I began to ask you, are you still walking in sin or wickedness? You'd say, oh, oh, pastor, I have a wonderful relationship with Jesus. I love him with all my heart. Are you still walking in fornication? Are you still lying in your business? Are you still cheating? Well, you know, Pastor, I have to... I ha- No. Are you still walking in the ways of darkness? Are you still walking in the ways of flesh? Well, now, whatever excuse you want to pose for continuing to walk in that way, are you still yelling at your wife? Are you still yelling at your children? Are you still judging others? Are you still being self-righteous? Oh, pastor, I'm not self-righteous. I wouldn't consider being self-righteous. But that person, they're wrong. They wronged me. Well, really? What happened to forgiveness? Do you understand what I'm talking about here? I want the hope of glory, which is Jesus Christ in me. That's the whole thing. Now, if we look over here at chapter 3 of Colossians, if then you were raised up with Christ, that is, if you were resurrected, if you died with Jesus and you were resurrected, you must seek the things above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. You must set your mind upon things above, not upon the things of the earth. For you died, and your life has been hid with Christ in God. When Christ our life may be manifest, then also you will be manifested with him in glory. Accordingly, you did voluntarily put to death your members that are upon the earth. There is this wonderful process called conversion where we come and we finally say, Lord, 
I've been making excuses long enough. I want to repent today. And you begin to really go down there. And you identify every area of sin as the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about it. And if you say, Oh, Pastor, I don't have any areas of sin. But you're still walking in darkness. You're still cold of heart. You're not on fire for Jesus. You're not winning anyone to Jesus. You're not doing the work of the gospel. Then I would say to you, you have so seared your heart and your mind with entertainment and things of the flesh that you're not even aware of what your sin is. You've walked in the way of darkness for so many years that you have deceived yourself. And in that case, you're going to have to go before Jesus and begin to look with him at your outward behavior and recognize the total lack of concern for the lost and recognize without excuse how distant you are from Jesus, how little you pray, how little you read the scriptures, the lack of concern in your heart for righteousness and holiness, the self-absorption of your life in the way you spend your time and your money and your energy. A man will, or woman will retire from employment with the government. And now they have a wonderful retirement along with their investments. And now how are they going to spend their time? Are they going to spend their time now totally dedicated to building the kingdom of God and sacrificing the money that they have saved? Or are they going to say, well, I've, I've got enough for my retirement. My barn is full and, and I'm just going to enjoy now my life. So I'm going to spend my time going from cruise to cruise and trip to trip. And now I get to go to Tuscany and now I get to go here and now I get to go there. My life is a wonderful life. I'm, I'm finally able to have the time to enjoy myself. As you travel your way to hell under the illusion that you're a Christian. Because pleasure is your first goal, not the cross of Jesus. Do you see why I'm concerned today? Do you see why my, my heart is heavy? I don't know how to express this to you. I wonder, how do you respond to what you're hearing? Have you been making excuses for your way of darkness? Have you been making excuses for the coldness of your heart? Have you been making excuses for your behavior? Have you just been on autopilot making your way through these few short years that you have upon the earth? Or have you laid everything down 
for Jesus Christ. Colossians, the third chapter. If then you were raised up with Christ, you must seek the things above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. You must set your mind upon the things above, not upon the things of the earth, for you died and your life has been hid with Christ in God. If that has happened to you, the chief concern of your heart will be to save the lost. And you will have agony of heart. And you will spend much time praying for the lost. This last Sunday at the National Prayer Chapel, we did something that I've never seen before. You realize the first New Testament church, they were a prayer meeting. Ten days of prayer for the Holy Spirit, for the lost. They weren't praying for the Holy Spirit just to have some supernatural power. They were praying for the Holy Spirit so they could minister and power the word of Jesus Christ. And so we said, okay, let's spend the time praying for the lost. And lo and behold, Jesus brought sinners on Sunday. It's been a long time since Jesus has brought sinners to the prayer chapel. No, I don't mean self-satisfied people. I don't mean self-righteous people. I mean people who had come to an end of themselves and knew there had to be a change. And so we prayed for them with tears. And they prayed and they confessed. And we prayed for lost. We prayed for sinners. And we walked away with partial victory. I praise God for that. I woke up this morning praising Jesus in my heart that he had been so gracious to us on Sunday as to give us sinners who would confess their sin who wanted to be right with Jesus. Do you want to be right with Jesus? Do you want to be raised up with Christ? Then you're going to have to voluntarily put to death your members that are upon the earth, and he lists specifically what these things are, sexual immorality, uncleanness, lustful desires, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you also walked at one time when you used to live in these things. But now you did also voluntarily put off all these things, anger, wrath, ill will, evil speaking, slander, obscene speech out of your mouth. You must not lie to one another, having already put off the old man with its practices. Don't tell me that you can continue to walk in these practices and that when God looks at you, he doesn't see you, he sees Jesus. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not what Paul writes in the book of Colossians. 
the old man was put off. The practices of the old man were put off. And having already put on the new man, the one having been renewed in true knowledge according to the image of the one having created him, where there's not Gentile or Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, foreign or Scythian, secret, servant, free man, but Christ in all things and in all. Therefore you must put on, as chosen ones of God, holy and having been beloved, deep feelings of compassion, kindness, humility, courtesy, patience toward others, bearing with one another, freely favoring each other, if anyone may have a complaint against another, just as the Christ freely favored you in this manner, you also do. And above all these, have love, which is the bond of perfection. And so let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you also were called in one body, you must be thankful. Do you have that peace in your heart today? Are you filled with unbelief? Are you walking in unbelief about whether you can leave your sin? Many people I talk to say, Pastor, it's impossible. I'm always going to be a sinner. I just need Jesus to cover me and forgive me. Not true. You're looking at the scriptures through the lenses of a false culture and a false doctrine. If you read with open eyes Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, they will all say the same thing that you must leave the old way and you must come into a new way. Are you convicted today? Are you willing to be converted today, right now? Will you confess your sin to God? If you need help in doing this, Come to the National Prayer Chapel. Tonight, Tuesday night, we will gather. Not Monday, Tuesday night, we will gather. At 7.30, we will begin to pray. If you are a sinner, and you know, in spite of your claim to be a Christian, you're still walking in darkness and you need to be converted. You can come and be converted. Before you leave that meeting, you can be converted. You can be transformed and changed and unbelief will be gone. You can be made a new creature quickly by grace. So I invite you to come. The National Prayer Chapel meets at the All Saints Anglican Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. Let me give you the address. It's 14851 Gideon Drive, 
Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. That address again, All Saints Anglican Church, 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. There you can find a map with directions. We meet on Tuesday evening upstairs in the conference room. It will be a meeting of confession, prayer. It will be a meeting of victory and testimony. It will be a meeting of prayer. If this is what you need, then be bold and pay the price and come. There's no such thing as too far. If you're within hearing this radio broadcast, you can come. 7.30, All Saints Anglican Church, Woodbridge, Virginia. Now, I want to pray for you, but first, we're coming to the very end of this month. And we are still $1,500 short of having what is necessary to pay the radio bill. If the gospel that you're hearing from Scripture stirs your heart and you've been made alive in Christ or you want to be made alive in Christ, I ask, please, would you stand with me at the prompting of the Holy Spirit and give what he tells you to give? One precious sister... Lori, I want to share later some of her testimony. She sent $10. And she said, Pastor, it's all I have, literally. That was like $10,000 to me. See, the matter is not about how much. It's whether you stand with a gospel being proclaimed to the city of Washington to bring conversion and change to this city and to this culture, to raise up a standard of righteousness from the word of God. Will you stand with me? We cannot remain on the air without men and women who will sacrifice to stand together. Some of you could give $5,000. Some of you can only give $5. One person gave three dollars in dimes. Give what you can give. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And if you have not yet fulfilled your vow from last month, and several have not, would you quickly fulfill the vow you made? Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you can donate online if you choose. We're also looking for builders. Builders who will give $100 one time to help take us to FM radio. Would you become a builder today? 
Lord, I pray for every person who's been listening to this broadcast. I ask in your great mercy that you would convert them today, that they would voluntarily choose to give themselves utterly, totally, and completely to you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. God bless you, my brother, my sister. Continue, please, to pray for Aaron and his wife. I'll talk to you soon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 